Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Context Machine, episode number 643. I am Brian Jaffin. And I am Jeff. Wait for Gamet. it. Oh, see how sorry. Oh, oh, anticipation. Hey, uh, check us out on our on our website, contextmachine.io. Yes, you can you can use contextmachine.io to reach out to us, or you can find us on Mastodon at Context Machine, or mm-hmm. you can find both of us uh, everywhere uh, at GeekTales and Jay Gamut. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. Boy, we really did a good job on our intro there. Well, you know, top men. We are, in fact, top men. Um, let's see here. Let's let's get right to it. Crazy, crazy idea. Let's get right to it. And <laughs> Okay, whatever. What was that first topic? Hold on. Let me go grab Trello. It says Apple Vision Pro. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> How did I forget that? Oh, bless our hearts. <laughs> so Apple announced that the uh, Vision Pro is uh, shipping. It's, it's shipping on February 1st, right? February 2nd. Okay, that's good. So you're, you were darn close. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm actually, so I'm now pulling up the press release. Oh, good for you. Yeah, and it goes on sale January 19th. So it goes on sale on a Friday and is available on a Friday, almost like it was designed that way. Yeah, and like Apple's been doing for a while. So the first thing right. to note is that Apple did this with the press release and not any kind of media event. But with, yep. with the press release, they went ahead and pooped on CES. Okay, so so doing the press release... To me, that's not the news because this is what they've done with other major products uh, as they've rolled up. They did it with the iPhone, for example. Um, the The news here is Apple can completely steal the focus of the the biggest U.S. consumer electronics event just by dropping a press yeah, release. And they've they've done this not every year, but they've done it for years. Yeah, they have a track record and a very very successful one with this. And don't get me wrong, there's exciting stuff coming out of CES too, but it was was just sort of (laughs) kind of, you know, funny that they did it again. And and they did it again by announcing a product that's already been announced. Right. And, uh, And yes, AI, of course, at CES was a huge thing because... Everyone's got AI and everything now. Um, had I been there, Brian, I guarantee you, I could have found the booth that had AI in underpants. I am the guy that found AI Faraday cage underpants. Uh, you, you did? <laughs> yes. Ask Dave Hamilton about that. I, I, I handed him my camera and I'm like, here, start filming, taking photographs. And, uh, and he's like, this is good stuff. I put the underpants on over my regular pants and then stuck my phone inside them. I said, call me. Uh, is is this worked. a true story? 
Yeah, this is a true story. Huh. I don't recall this. Do you have a do you, do you have a link to the story? Did you do no. the story? We did we did some story about it. Once, it was a long it, once it you was find back the, in the old TMO days. I'll yeah, see if I course. can find it. Find, find find the link and stick it in the show notes. It, yeah, if I can find it, it will go in the show notes. Okay, so back to today. Oh, right, whatever. I mean, yes. Uh, Apple is shipping it. The price did not come down. Not surprising. No, I, I find it weird that people thought Apple was going to lower the price before launch. Uh, I don't, I didn't see too much. I, I saw speculation that they, that Apple was going to drop the price, announce a lower price before launch. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But they did not. It is $34.99. Uh, they did announce that the Zeiss optical inserts will be available for $99 and the uh, Zeiss optical inserts dash prescription will be $149. Okay, so... These are, these are the internal lenses that you can use basically if you need to correct your vision. Um, I think the the Zeiss optical inserts are for like a reading glass level, not prescription, but you know reading glasses kind of thing. And the 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 optical inserts prescription will obviously be for a, pres- a prescription. Right. Yeah. So like so, for someone like me, I'd have to get the prescription to get the lenses that I need. So, yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know if, so I, I, I use computer glasses for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are prescription. I do have an astigmatism. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm going to, to need that for this. Uh, Probably, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you can get the lenses after you get the get your uh, yeah. Vision Pro. Yeah. So you could try it out, and then if you need lenses, now someone like me, because my my eyes are total crap, um, I I would definitely have to get the lenses just to use the thing. Uh, and, yeah, fair but, enough. Yeah, all, all of the um, the VR headsets that I have tried over the years, I can't use them without glasses, which also means I really couldn't use them because then they were horribly uncomfortable. Uh, fair. Yeah. So uh, that thirty four ninety nine price, by the way, is essentially a starting price because that's going to be with 256 gigs of storage. Yeah. And it'll be more expensive from there. Can, can we, can we order this yet? Can we, can we poke around yet? Oh, ble- bless your heart. Um, because it was only what, like three minutes ago, where I said you can order them starting on January nineteenth. Yeah. The the but website though. You often can. Yeah the the website um, oh five a.m. Pacific time. So I'm looking at the Vision Pro website, and um, um, I'm not seeing any. I'm scrolling, scrolling. I'm not seeing specs for this thing yet. Hold on. Let's see. Take a closer look. And they have some really cool interactive stuff. I bet I bet the interactive stuff will look really cool when um you have a Vision Pro. Um 
No, I'm not seeing any tech specs for us. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not seeing it. Uh, neither am I. Yeah, no, no uh, uh, product details. And which is, I'm, I'm not trying to make a, th- a thing out of this, but it's interesting because Apple has usually let us play with the configuration ahead of the uh, uh, actual product launch, the, 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 this thing on the 19th. Yeah, uh, yeah that's true. Um, uh, all right, speculating here. Since we don't have that option, uh, maybe they don't want us to know what all of the options are yet, which could also include what the high-end price point would be. Alternately, there's only one configuration, so there's no playing around. Okay. Just click it and buy it. I like that, although I would guess that it's not so much that they don't want us to know what the options are, but rather um, they haven't decided pricing on the on the other options. Oh, that that could be too. That that, that makes more sense uh, than like, you know, oh, shh, don't. Let them know that it's going to come with one terabyte of storage. Don't don't let them know that. It makes right. more sense that they don't know how much to charge for a terabyte of storage, uh, or maybe you know they're they're doing some further negotiating with the suppliers for the, for the chips or something like that. But I, I also like the idea that it's only going to be uh, there's only going to be one version of it. It's like it comes with 256 gigs of storage. It's all you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sure would make it e- easy to decide which model to get. Uh, he, he, here's another idea that I just came up with. Since uh, uh, Apple did drop the announcement at the beginning of CES, um, maybe Apple wanted the news, because they like to control the narrative, they wanted the news to focus on Vision Pro is going to be available for uh, purchased on the 19th for sale on February 2nd. And they don't want people talking about how much it's going to cost them. I like that. Control I like the that. narrative. And speaking of controlling the narrative, uh, from the standpoint of, like, it would be great if this thing doesn't need additional storage. That would mm-hmm. that would also be an excellent narrative. Like mm-hmm. that, I mean, no, well, remember it's going to use your your iPhone storage. It's going to use your Mac storage. You know that by that would that would be that would be a good thing. But I have yeah. I have a feeling that if it comes if it comes with two hundred fifty six gigs of storage, I have a feeling that we'll we will in fact be able to order it with a half terabyte and a terabyte. I have a feeling you are correct. Um, which then takes us back to Apple's just controlling the narrative. Yeah. All right. I like this. I like this. I would, I would like to be able to play with the, you know, with my options, but I like this. I, I am going to try to get one. I was just about to ask. Yeah. I'm going to try. I, I would love to get one. I I can see where, for me, this can actually be a really useful tool. Um, replace my my current display for most uses. 
with Vision Pro give me a much larger area to, to work in. Um, but even at the base price, it's still going to cost me more because I will have to get prescription lenses for it. Mm. Oh, it's 150 bucks. Uh, 150 bucks. That's for the uh, prescription, and then an extra hundred bucks for the lenses. So 250 bucks for lenses. Which Are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure you're paying you're paying separate for the prescription. Hmm. Hmm. If you already have and a I prescription, though, why would you? Oh, if you, oh, that's a good point. If you already have a prescription, well, I don't know. See, this is this is where it'd be nice to have all of the configuration things to play with now, so we could figure out well, what exactly do you have to buy extra if you have crap eyes like me? Yeah, and yeah. All right. Well, I guess I guess we'll find out soon. Yeah. So speaking of CES, it seems uh, it seems like the 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 fun big useless news is the LG transparent TV. Has there been anything else? I I have not paid attention to CES this year. Um, the, there are several other things. The fun thing for us to talk about is the LG transparent TV. Well, wait a minute. What other things have been announced? Um. Uh, one of the things that I found interesting was the Rabbit R1, because, you know, AI is everything at CES this year. Okay. And the R1 is a, uh, uh, it's like an AI assistant that's a little box that you hold with you. And um, um, the, instead of just being something like, I just forgot the name of it. The humane, the one that's a pin that you wear, sort of like a uh, 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 Star Trek communicator. Yeah, the, which uh, I the, hated. The, yeah, I mean, I I appreciate the idea. I mean, wearable instead of uh, having to pick something up and talk to it. Yeah. Anyhow, um, the what the R one does is it, it lets you do all the things you do to expect with uh, with an AI assistant device. So, you know, it's doing the whole LLM thing and, and looking up info for you and responding. But it goes beyond that by adding in um, an intelligent system that can interact with applications on your behalf. And, uh, and it, it, out of the box will know how to interact with, with a lot of different interfaces for you and it can learn others. So like if you, if you talk to say chat GPT and tell, tell it that you want to fly to Las Vegas next week, it can get you info about that and it stops there. And what the R1 will do is, um, it will get to the information and uh, and then it can go and book the flight for you as well. Mm, yeah, we're far away from that being a thing that I want to do. Well, I, I'm I'm with you, 
And uh, but at the same time, we have to get that that process going so it can improve in advance. So it gets to the point where you can let this AI assistant device do those things for you, and you're comfortable with it. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't, I don't trust. I don't trust any of the systems to a protect my privacy, b respect my privacy, or c be foolproof from the standpoint of a third party disrespecting my privacy, i.e., ripping me off. All valid concerns, and and honestly, I don't think the R one is a product that Rabbit um, is intending to be this this long term thing, um, it, because it's like what I think it costs like two hundred dollars, and that's it. There's nothing else to pay for. There's no subscription to use the service. Oh, that means that it that offers. We're the product. Well, in this case, I think what it means is that they are setting everything up because the end goal of the company is to be bought. Mm. Yeah, you're, you're probably right about that. And and as far as us being the product, yeah, but that there's what they've been saying about privacy would go against us being the product. Mm. So I yeah, I, I, I think they're things. setting themselves up for a purchase. But I color me doubtful. Uh, yeah, I, I'm doubtful the product will actually be able to do what it's supposed to do. But I think the concept and the technology they're putting together is going to be very enticing for another company. Mm-hmm. And that's their goal here. Yeah, I'm sure. You're uh, right. So but LG transparent TV. Yeah, let's talk about that. Transparent yeah. TV. Yeah, so a TV you can see through. Yeah, and when we say see-through, when it's in TV mode, you're not seeing through it. You're seeing the the image. Right, and when when it's not in TV mode, you see through it, but it's not like you're looking into the guts of a television. It's like a window pane, and you see what's on the other side because you're looking through a transparent sheet. Right, and this includes even like when it's in the interface mode, so that uh, you don't have, you you have only the interface elements that are visible, and so you would can you would see through it outside of those interface elements. So it would look as if those elements are floating in the air yeah. in front of you yeah, to a no, degree. To a, I mean, because it it looks like a pane of glass, right? But but they're just floating there in this pane of glass. Yeah, fl- floating there in a pane of glass. So that's interesting. Uh, I I suspect this will be a fad at best if it even becomes achieves fad status. You know, there's a there's a demographic that I think would really like a television like this, and I think part of that demographic includes the uh, the same people that have been very interested in like the version of the LG TV that, that disappears into a box and it's basically just a a screen that rolls up sort of thing. Um, Also the same people that are into Samsung's uh, what do they call them? Portrait or art televisions where it's a a big flat screen that has a frame on it and, uh, and displays works of art when you're not watching television. Yeah. 
So people that want to integrate their television into more of their life than I'm sitting down and and watching my favorite shows. Except for the shape, uh, the it's. I feel like the NFT community would would love this because they could display their their uh, NFTs like like high quality art just right there and yep. rotate it out and yep. look at whatever they. Yeah, I can yeah, see except, that. Except for the shape, because NFTs do tend to be square. Although you would simply, you know, have the uh, the excess space be transparent. So that, that this that it would be better to display my NFTs on this than it would be on a regular TV, where you've mm-hmm. got square, and then you've got black on either side. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I one can see th- that one of the things that I'm surprised is that I don't see any promo images from LG showing it uh, being a, an aquarium. That seems like, a, like an obvious choice to me. <laughs> uh, as you say that, yeah, I, I'm with you. Mike, I, I'm betting they intentionally didn't do that because, because it's what everyone would expect. Um, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Do you remember when when the aquarium screensaver things? Yes, I love those. Huge! I love those. They were great. They were so cool. You can still get them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They never, they never really lived up to the uh, to the memories. Yeah. Well, the problem is the ones that you can get now look too realistic. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, yeah, and 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 I just pulled up that Verge article. We'll, we'll, we'll include that in the show notes. Yeah, um, I'm assuming you're talking about the one with the headline. I've looked through LG's new transparent OLED TV and seen something special. Yeah. So okay, yeah. I scrolled. I was scrolling through it just now, and one of the images he showed, which was taken, it's a photograph that he took at CES, uh, shows an aquarium. So. Oh, I just found it. Yeah. Yep. But uh, so, that's a right. really good write-up on this thing. Uh, basically, he says it's kind of neat, but uh, he laments the fact that the image quality won't be as good as their highest quality OLED panels, and and he thinks that would eat at him. And so it, it was it was a, it was a really good write-up. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, it How is much a good is write-up. Thing? Uh, I thought I saw the price. Nope. Oh, no, there is no price. Yeah, we talked about that. Let's I was it. trying to set you up to supply us with the information, Jeff. I totally failed because, okay, see, I overthought it, which I shouldn't do. Um, I almost said that I shouldn't do with you, but then that would have been kind of a really jerk thing that to would, say. That would have been, been hilarious. It would have been, I would, you're right. It would have been really funny. Anyhow, I thought you had found the price and I had just missed it. Nope. Uh, so anyway, long story short, uh, LG sh- is showing this thing at CES, but as is the case with many things at CES, it's not anywhere close to shipping. They haven't even decided like exactly what configuration they're going to ship it in. Um, uh, for one thing, it gets some of its, is it data or sound? 
It receives all of its video and audio from LG's Zero Connect box. Yeah. So if you're using the built-in speakers, which are which are in the uh, the shelf that the uh, the display part sits on, then that's being done wirelessly. My guess. And and I can only guess because they're not letting anyone actually see the the box that the actual television box that has all the non-display guts in it. What sort of connectors are on that? Yeah, but I'm assuming that you will have like like optical out and yeah. uh, and and uh, uh, like HDMI in and all the other ports that you would expect on a television. Yeah. But we don't know how much it's going to cost. Uh, they don't know how they're going to ship it. Uh, um, they did. Uh, the, the Verge article noted that LG's rollable OLED ended up retailing for a hundred thousand dollars, and that the uh, last year's I'm quoting last year's more attainable 77 inch wireless OLED sells for a cool five thousand four thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars ninety nine cents. Uh, you can certainly presume that it'll be more than that. Uh, yes, it is also a 77-inch television. So, yeah, it will be more than $5,000. Yeah. So, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's news from CES. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it's a gimmick. Uh, Just yeah, like all too. the... I I, th- I mean th- this is this is definitely a better gimmick than say the 3D TVs. Oh yeah, it's yeah the 3D TVs. Ironically, were completely transparent in the fact that uh, no one wanted them, but TV makers were so desperate to uh, to get us to buy new televisions, and it showed. They were just looking for a gimmick to get people to buy TVs more than once every seven years. Right, and uh, I th- this is this is I I don't think we're going to come into an era where everybody's got or most everybody or even just the one percent like everyone in the one percent is going to have a transparent TV because I, I I think this will be overcome by some other technology before it could you know reach a price point for uh for wide acceptance or even semi-wide acceptance yeah i'm with you which we we see that sort of thing with with a lot of high-end television technology yeah there'll be there'll be that very small minority of consumers where they get it but by the yeah like yeah, I'm, I'm right. I would imagine the 8K TVs will be probably well 8, 8K TVs will 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 be a thing before this kind of technology will have uh, a price point that's doable for many people. I agree, and that's saying a lot because 8, 8K TV just really isn't getting the traction that was expected by this point in the game. Uh, that's fair. Speaking of 8K, by the way, mm-hmm. I bought... So um, I'm, I'm watching TV, meaning I'm working. 
<laughs> so I'm not actually watching TV. I just got TV on the background. And I saw that Stargate, the movie, was on. And I'm like, oh, man, I, I love Stargate. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop that on the background. I did enjoy the movie, yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm watching Stargate, and I was like, you know what? I want to watch the series again. And went looking. The series is available on Amazon. I'm thinking to myself, I don't want it with commercials because that's starting up here soon. And oh right, and yep, yep, yep. And so you know what? How much? How much does the whole series cost? And so I went looking, and I found the box set, which is everything for a hundred bucks. So I said to myself, I really like the show. I'm sure that I will watch watch it all the way through, and would probably enjoy having it in the future. So I bought the box set, and. Then I fired up the box set on my 77-inch 4K TV. Mm-hmm. The, the, the show is 480p. Wait, seriously? Yeah, at least the box set. I don't think it's been... I mean, you know, this, this show came out in the 90s, man. Yeah, but a, a lot of these have been remastered. Uh, if I have not... Found and I will be super upset if if it is available in some other digital form. I probably should have looked at Amazon. Stargate SG One Complete Series on Blu-ray for one hundred and nine dollars. Um, okay, hold. It's SG One, correct? Yes. Okay, so hold on. I'm going to look at at all the details on this. Um, See if it says anything about. Wow, you can get it on DVD, the entire set for sixty nine ninety nine. Um, Quality programming. It does not say anything in here about uh, about whether it's been upscaled or anything. So here, here, here is my yeah. original point: four eighty p on a four K TV is kind of painful. Yeah, I can imagine it would be even with um, the the televisions doing the um, the upscaling thing, getting from from that low resolution up to four K, it's just not going to look good. Yeah, it 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 it's it's kind of painful. It's I, and I really do enjoy the show. A whole lot. And so I have watched uh, several episodes, um, but it's painful. Um, I blame you for this problem. You should have known better than to get a 77-inch television. What? I've got a, I've small, no a smaller television. I've had no complaints like, up until now. It's, yeah, matter of fact, well, it's, it's, a, it's amazing. I've got, a, I've got a theater in my living room. Ha- had you just sucked it up and gotten like a 32 inch television. <laughs> the upscaling wouldn't have really shown that much. I've, I've got a, I've got a 42 inch TV on my desk. That was the smallest. It's actually hard to find a TV smaller than that anymore. That was, that was my small, that was the smallest 4k TV I could get. Wow. Anyway, privilege. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I'm really disappointed that uh, that 
this hasn't been remastered for 4K. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised because it. I I believe it is still a, a popular series. I see people talking about it on the social medias all the time. And it stands up. It mostly stands up. There's definitely a little bit of uh, uh, there's. It's 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 kind of funny. So Samantha Carter, did, did you watch the show? Nope. Oh, wow. Really? Really? Yeah. I wa- I watched the movie and loved it. And I just how I, did I, you I, avoid watching Stargate SG One? It, it wasn't. I wasn't avoiding it. It just didn't happen. It was, it was the same with. Um, with Babylon 5, I didn't avoid it. I just didn't watch it. Now, I have seen all of Babylon 5 now. Um, Sorry about that. It's... So, uh, listen, here's my point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Samantha Carter is one of the characters. And mm-hmm. she is a very liberated woman. This is in the 90s, so I'm going to use the term liberated. She is very... Um, uh, you know, she is... she she's She's competent. She doesn't... The, my point is that some of the jokes they make to demonstrate the fact that she's a liberated, liberated woman are kind of sexist. And, and okay. that's a product yeah. of its time. Other than mm-hmm. that, it is a show that does stand up to a modern eye. It, like even, even the special effects largely stand up to, um, to a modern eye. And, um, uh, it's, 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 it's a good show. I'll, I'll probably end up watching it at some point. Um, and, uh, and I'll probably really enjoy it. I'm betting I will probably enjoy it more than I enjoyed Babylon five. Uh, that seems fair. And yes, I totally get that for many people. I just spoke sacrilege about Babylon five. Uh, um, yeah, my problem with Babylon Five is I understand the writing was terrific. I could not get over the low production value. That that was a deal killer for me. the uh, The production value wasn't the problem for me. Um, I mean, there there were points where I'd look at it and think, "Wow, I had better graphics on my original Wii." <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was. I mean, the first season was really, really difficult for me to get through. It it, it was that was rough, um, and uh, I mean, yes, there there was some wonderful writing in it and some brilliant plans as they wove stories together yeah. and gave you all these great payoffs. So I appreciate what they were doing with it. Same, um, but. It ju- it never came across to me as amazing as it did for everyone else. Did you know they're working on a BSG uh, reboot? Yes, I did. That's I'm, yep. I'm referring to Battlestar Galactica. Looking very forward. Mm-hmm. To that. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah, I want to know more about the BSG reboot because. There's rumors that they're just redoing the series, which I don't think they are. Uh, rumors that it's um, um, stories set in the same uh, universe, if you will, the you know the the BSG universe. 
Okay. I don't know, but I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Also, uh, I did just hear that in addition to the, uh, what's supposed to be the final, um, um, uh, Kelvin universe, Star Trek movie. Mm -hmm. There's now a prequel movie to the Kelvin movies that's in the works. And, uh, and so the the word right now is it's like an origin story sort of thing, which I'm, I'm not sure what they would do with that. Because if you go to the actual origin, that's before the Kelvin split, and that's what Enterprise is. Um, but anyhow, so there's there's that in the works as well. Cool. That would be good. I, I really do wish they would do another Chris Pine. Movie. That's what the that's what the the uh, final movie's supposed to be. The this origin movie? No. Two movies. The origin movie uh, takes place before all uh, of the, uh, the Kelvinverse uh, movies, but in that same universe. Has Chris and signed then up? there's that one doesn't have any of the of the uh, no, Chris no, Pine. No, the cast. other one, the one that Chris is supposed to do. Holy crap, let me finish my sentence. No, um um I don't know if anyone has signed on yet, but uh, it's supposed to be the whole Chris Pine cast in the other movie. Yeah, that 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 movie has been rumored in the works for a while. Yes, the but apparently night. it's actually in the works oh, now. Oh, good. All right. Yay. That's very exciting. Speaking of uh, in the works, uh, my just sold my 170th book. I'm very excited by that. No, that's awesome. Thanks. Uh, we'll have a link to the show notes if you're interested in, in some sci-fi action. It's a really good book, people. Thanks. And it's not just me saying that. I I have seen reviews, and I, people are really liking your book. I've gotten and some I am not surprised reviews. at all. Yeah, you do have some great reviews. And they they are all well-deserved. Thanks, man. Thank you very, 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 very much. Uh, we have uh, we do have a third. I, I don't remember what that one is either. Do you? FTC fake reviews. Banner. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So uh. I caught I caught the headline. For this on threads, where you can find me at Geek Tales. And um, I, I thought it meant something else. It, this is a good thing if something comes out of it, but it's not the thing that I want. So the FTC is looking, there, there, there's an informal hearing on a proposed rule banning fake reviews and testimonials. Now, what I thought. That wouldn't cover. My mind went immediately to review bombing on on books uh, or anything else, movies too, where you've got, especially in the days of the culture wars, where you've got people that will that will just flood into a book, maybe create a you know a dozen or a hundred or a thousand fake accounts and mm-hmm. give something a, a one star, even though they haven't bought it, read it, seen it, or anything else. And I thought that maybe that's what they were talking about. I thought this this would be a, a, a 
a rule essentially forcing companies like Amazon, potentially Apple, Google, uh, uh, Goodreads, which is owned by Amazon, to take more responsibility for uh, the reviews posted on their sites. But that's not the case. No, I mean, this this is a nice step, but but everything you just described, that needs to be addressed as well. Yep. And uh, that's not happening. So what the, the the hearing that they're that they're uh, the informal hearing that they are holding is proposing. I'm going to quote from their press release: proposing a new rule to stop marketers from using illicit review and endorsement practices, such as using fake reviews, suppressing honest negative reviews, and paying for positive reviews because they say it deceives consumers looking for real fed feedback on a product or service and undercut honest businesses. In other words, it's about um, astroturfing. Yeah. So I, um, I would I would love it if they could actually do something effective in this space. And this is the FTC yeah. we're talking, Federal Trade Commission. So this would not impact – uh, review processes or guidelines outside the United States, just to be clear. Because right. Because it's FTC, so it's U.S.-focused. Right. That is not um, really true. So, I, I th- I, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah. I, I think this is a great step in the right direction. But, yeah, the whole uh, crappy review bombing thing, it would be great to see that addressed as well. Uh, yeah, it would be that. I don't know. Like the FTC can only do it by requiring companies to take more responsibility for the reviews mm-hmm. to only only allow verified reviews, for instance, which would be a, a marvelous step. Mm-hmm. Like allowing reviews of products only by people who have purchased those products would, in fact, be a fantastic step in the right direction. I think I agree. I I would like to see that, but there's, I don't, I don't know of any, any movement on that at all. And so far, uh, Amazon, you know, Amazon doesn't care. Amazon wants to move products. They make a little bit of money on every product they sell. So they are not incentivized to care about things like the quality of the reviews. They are incentivized to care that there be reviews. Matter of mm-hmm. fact, they go to great efforts to get us to review products because their own research has found that the more reviews a product has, the more sales it will generate. Yes. And they, they have gone so far as to uh, have your Echo device ask you a few days after a purchase is delivered to review it. Ugh. And it's like, how many stars would you give this product? And, uh, yeah. So I, it shows up as, as a message or notification. So it's not like just out of the blue, your, your echo says, Brian, you recently purchased three fountain pens from <laughs> whatever company. How would you rate this product, this purchase? And then you're supposed to 
to tell it how many stars you would give it. And then it says, thank you for reviewing this product. This will help other people, blah, blah, blah. Right. That's yeah. That's another excellent reason not to have an Echo device. So, but on the other hand, it has been nice where occasionally I need to, to order something and I order it off uh, routinely enough that when it gets close to purchase time, if I haven't done it, my Echo will will uh, ask me if I need to put this in my cart. I, I get that. Not worth it to me. To me. To me. That's totally fair. Yeah. To me. Totally fair. Um, so we also have the news that Jeff Gamut has fallen down the fountain pen rabbit hole finally. Yay! <laughs> Oh, okay. Here's the salt in the wound on that one, Brian. Uh-huh. These fountain pens that I that I have just completely fallen in love with, I've had them for several years and didn't do anything with them. They they were uh, left for me by uh, a friend who passed away. Yeah, you mentioned them to me privately many many times, but yeah, but and that you didn't actually do anything with them. And I yeah, and I didn't do anything with them. And uh, a couple weeks ago. I, it occurred to me, I've got these, having them just sitting in a box, that, that's, that's not in the spirit of why these pens were left for me. Uh, they, they were left for me because my friend felt that I would really be able to appreciate these. And, uh, and they knew that I, that I enjoy pens. So I thought, I need to mess with these. And yes, I played with one. And it was all clogged, and I and I didn't know anything about the pens yet, and I got it working for a few minutes, and then it stopped again. So, so then I did exactly the thing that makes sense, Brian. I immediately went uh, online and bought myself uh, a starter fountain pen <laughs> because, Excellent. of course, it, I mean that that's the logical next step, and. Uh, so I started playing with uh, with the pen that I that I bought to test with, which was uh, a Pilot Kakuno, and um, like a like loved a it twenty thirty dollar pen fifteen fifteen dollar okay got it yeah and uh, by the way great great starter pen um, so after my fifteen dollar investment. I was like, okay, I've got to get these working. And the pen that I had tried to get working, and there would be people out there that would be, holy crap, seriously, this is where where you started, and uh, and they'll wonder just what kind of idiot I am. But no, the first pen I tried to use was uh, Pilot Vanishing Point, mm. and uh, people would be like, you you had no idea what was in your hand, you had no appreciation. What what you had, and they they would be correct, and now I do, but I got that pen working, and I love it, and uh, and right now I'm I'm unclogging a Mont Blanc pen, and uh, as we speak, and, or in general, as we speak, yeah, it's on its second soak. All, all these pens had dried cartridges, yeah, so they they were just like totally clogged up. And Anyhow, mm-hmm. I have been exploring my fountain pen collection from the standpoint of I. I think we mentioned I. I'm having to relearn how to do my signature. 
trying to invent a new signature, really. Yeah, which which uh, uh, I'm finding to be absolutely fascinating. For me, I did not reinvent my signature, and I have uh, done my signature or written my signature a couple times with uh, with a fountain pen, and it works just fine, and uh, and it feels good. And I don't need to change my signature. There is something special about uh, the way a nice fountain pen fills. I agree completely. I, I've been a pen junkie for a long time. You have. And I, yeah. I, I have some really, really cool pens. Um, yeah. My, uh, my daily driver up until I started playing with the fountain pens is the, what is it? The, the titanium Deco. Okay. Beautiful titanium pen. And, uh, and you can put crap on, I have links that I have to put in the show notes, not yes, for pens. Please do. You can you can put whatever uh, cartridge you want, pen cartridge, into this. Mm-hmm. So it becomes the pen you want it to be, and it feels so good. And it's and it's actually a titanium pen. So you hold this metal pen in your hand, and your brain is telling you this should weigh more, but it, it balances really well. It just feels so good, and I can put whatever insert I want in. And so it's been my daily driver pen for a few years, but uh, yeah, okay, Brian. Right now I'm playing with the with the Kakuno, the Vanishing Point, so two pilots, and uh, a Lamy Safari with a left-handed nib. Ah, very nice, very yeah. nice. So I, I'm delighted that you have joined me in this. I mean, you didn't specifically you joined me in the pool that I was already in the rabbit hole pool. I did. Yeah. So I'm, I'm delighted to finally get you and, and Ken Ray's in it too. Yes. Ken and I were uh, chatting the other night about this because he didn't know that I had gotten into the whole fountain pen thing. So we, we were having a great discussion. That's fun. Yeah, that's fun. Right. And he, he he told me that there are fountain pen meetups and clubs in different cities. Yes. And there are so, there are regular shows. Yeah. There's a regular show in, in Denver, uh not Boulder, but in Denver. Um my friend Nick is a is a pen dealer and a calligrapher. Mm-hmm. And uh there's a anyway, there there are shows all around the country. There's shows all around the world. Yes. Um, um, okay. Can I tell you the place that I found that that at least so far seems like the, one of the best places to to get pens? Sure. From uh, I, because I have discovered Nick. By, Nick by, is the correct answer. Oh, Nick. Okay, so I should be reaching out to Nick. Um, no, it, but because, if you want, if you're if you're talking about a local store, that's obviously Nick is Nick is my local store. Um, I'm st- the, okay. There's a local store in Boulder called Two Hands Papery. Mm. It is so cool. Um, but if you're not in Boulder, okay. So like to get this, I had all these supplies for, for the Lammy, but I didn't have the pen. Lammy so, is a German brand, by the way. Okay. So I did not know. Um, but, uh, yeah. So to get P A P E R I E. I'm finding out. Oh, okay. So not I'll make sure there's a link to Two Hands Papery in, in the in the show notes too. But okay, so to get 
a left-hand nib Lamy Safari in the United States, it's a, it's a hit and miss thing. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. And um, so I had a, I, I was having trouble just finding one. Then I found this place in the UK called the Pen Company. And they're, they've been around for a long time. They're reputable. So I ordered the pen from them. And it, even with shipping from the UK, it costs less than buying one of these in the United States. Mm. And it showed up super fast. Cool. So anyhow, I have found a, a place, an online place that's trustworthy where I can buy pens if I need to. Uh, yeah, I see that the papery has got lots of inexpensive fountain pens and some nicer ballpoints too. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the, and the papers that they have there because papery, um, yeah. If, if you're around Boulder and, and you're into looking at pens and papers and notebooks and stuff, totally worth checking out. Cool. I do miss that it's not walking distance from me anymore. I, I love, uh, I am a sucker for any kind of, like there's the, the uh, Mido in, uh, is a Japanese stationery store in uh, Santana Row, which is the sort of artificially hoity-toity three block commercial district that's got, you know, it's got, apartments on the upper floor and and retail on the bottom floor and it's, okay and every, okay and yep. everything is very uh it's you know it, it's basically designed to look like a like a like a community and it is it is a community but it's very constructed to be that anyway the point is mito i, I it's a japanese paper store so you've got a stationary store so you've got all these japanese pens and pencils and Lots and lots of very fine, you know, the, the Japanese culture loves its pens and and pencils and paper. Mm-hmm. And so, like walking into that place, it was it was impossible to walk out with just buying stuff. Did I need that stuff? No. <laughs> but you kind of did. Well, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, this this probably primed me for for Nick's venture into uh, cuz I I I <coughs> I am independent because Nick was independent. And Nick is independent cuz he got into calligraphy. So, okay. Yeah. And he, he he mostly deals in uh uh vintage pens for what that's worth. So, anyway. That's my story. Oh. Brian, I'm feeling kind of bad now because when I when I Got my Kakuno pen, mm-hmm. Kakuno. Um, I just I just went on Amazon and ordered it through the Pilot uh, store on Amazon. Yeah, he, he wouldn't sell that. And uh, yeah, but I'm looking at the Two Hands Papery website. I could have gone there and paid basically the same price. Ah, uh, and gotten the pen local. Yes. That would be and a much I, better. And thing. I would have had choices for um, for pen bodies as well, because uh, because I have a clear one, which is totally fine. But I could have gotten one that had like a a black body and a different colored cap, which would have been fun. 
So what if right about now I told you that we haven't been recording? I would totally believe you. <laughs> okay, well, we have been. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, just, I just suddenly thought it would be very funny to ask that question. No, that, that, that was fantastic. And, uh, and I believe that my response was completely appropriate. Yeah, that's fair. Well, for, for dealing with me as, as long as you have, yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. It, w- yeah, without skipping a beat, I was totally willing to believe <laughs> that we've done this whole show and hadn't recorded anything. Yeah, uh, that's good. We're... But then we could have done a shorter version where it was like, hey, welcome to the contact machine. Okay, funny story. We didn't actually record. Um, it's Brian's fault. So we talked a little bit about Vision Pro and we talked uh, uh, the a little bit the highlight reel. about the LG transparent TV, the, the FTC fake reviews thing, and then totally went into a love fest about fountain pens. And that's this week's show. Yeah. Should have, you should have been there. <laughs> you should have been there. But you know, if people weren't there when we were recording, or not actually recording, that's on them. Uh, um, uh, wow, I think the only thing I can say to that is... <laughs> and that is this week's Context Machine. Uh, if you have anything to add, comment on, question, you can write us at contextmachinepodcast at gmail.com. Our bandwidth is provided by Cashfly. The bases by Dr. Boom recorded just for this show. And Jeff, that is all Brian. for this week. Excellent. Mm-hmm.